0: I know that Los Angeles is not the cleanest city in the world but trash days Fridays in my neighborhood are quite an orderly affair I roll three big bins out to the curb one for recycling one for yard waste and one for trash and in the course of the day a truck comes along and empties the contents of each Not like the old days when men would swing out of trucks and hoist cans in the air. No, instead, squealingly, huge metal arms grip and lift and pivot and empty the trash in the truck and then slam the bins back down on the sidewalk. (laughs) Mechanized as it is though, waste management in Los Angeles just like any place else is really when you get right down to it about sorting sorting through what we need and what we don't need and getting rid of things worn out recycling containers food scraps dead branches that no longer serve us when my children were small we lived in kampala uganda in an apartment on a university campus and Every morning I used to walk them down the hill to the school bus. And we didn't take the sidewalk, nobody did. Everybody traveled by bush paths because those were always the quickest route from A to B. So our very first morning walking down the bush path to the school bus, we passed by a huge, and when I say huge, I mean massive pile of burning trash right there on campus and turns out trash piles like this dotted the campus in those days in uganda back then there was no municipal trash removal yet so when you wanted to get rid of garbage the only option was to burn it so smoky smelly everything from paper to plastic to food scraps smoldered all day long in this giant pyre. (laughs) And all day, every day, as people walked by, they fed the flame with fresh trash. And get this, as if that weren't strange enough, circling the pile of smoldering trash were giant, marabou storks the size of humans they look like vultures and they would they would they look like pterodactyls actually (laughs) and they would patrol the rim of the trash pile and if you wanted to deposit trash you had to kind of shoulder your way through these pterodactyls and the first time my children and i brought trash to the pile we were we were just dumbfounded by by this amazing moment. Now, I've since learned that marabou storks much prefer sleepy fishing villages and quiet waterways, but these city marabou storks, they deal with a very smelly job of sorting through burning, stinking trash. Where is she going with this? Sorting is the word. (laughs) And today we're going to talk about a very avid sorter, namely john the baptist in the wilderness draped in camel hair warning the people in full prophetic dudgeon, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near and delivering on the promises of scripture he says i'll prepare the way of the lord and make his ways straight and to do this to ready the people john talks about sorting he says Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. And then more fire talk. When he says that the one who is more powerful than he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary. But his chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now, there is an either-or binary image for you. Wheat, chaff, keep, toss, good, bad, in, out. That's how John seems to see things. It's how he seems to see us, saved or lost, (laughs) waiting for a savior to come and make the final decisions about who to include and who to exclude as that savior, John expects, goes about the business of remaking the world. And John's job, not to make the judgments as he sees it, but to jolt us into readiness for the one who will. Readiness. And that word is familiar to us in this season of Advent. It's our Advent practice. It's our Advent process. Getting ready for Christ's coming And coming again in John's time crowds of 50,000 people gathered at the riverbank to hear him speak to be readied and to get them ready he called them to repent and be baptized now when John baptized people it wasn't exactly like our baptism today it wasn't it was more of a ritual cleansing when he dipped people in the water he saw himself as helping them to clear away The things in their lives, the garbage, that stood in the way so that Jesus could come, he expected, to sort and save. And John the Baptist was expecting the Savior who would reward the good, punish the bad. And I'm sure that this idea that he shared with others was a great strength and comfort in this challenging time. Help is on the way. Our oppressors are going to face justice. John expected and promised a savior who would bring retribution. And then, many chapters later in Matthew, John sits in a prison cell, thinking about how events are unfolding. And when he heard what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples are you the one to come or are we to wait for another can you hear in that question his confusion his impatience his frustration he's probably wondering what about the wheat and the chaff and the unquenchable fire and jesus answers go and tell john what you hear and see the blind receive their sight the lame walk the lepers are cleansed the deaf hear the dead are raised and the poor have good news brought to them in other words it's not fear of judgment that changes people it's care that changes people love that changes people relationship that changes people what the theologian nt wright calls the new and true way of being human a new humanity (laughs) but there's a tension in our faith isn't there we wonder is jesus coming to sort or purely to love and do we need sorting it seems to me that we already engage in an awful lot of sorting of ourselves in the form of self-judgment negative self-judgment and you know that we love to sort other people (laughs) you over there not you (laughs) so how do we respond sorry to john's message I think we might as well accept that each of us contains wheat and chaff. Of course we do. And that every day is an opportunity to be more wheat-like and to turn in the direction of Christ, to connect and commit and cooperate with God's ideas for us every day. And maybe we can find a use for all that trash imagery we get from John and fire imagery, John's trash talk. How about this Advent? Look at your life. Consider what is dragging you down What is distracting you, obsessing you, coming between you and others, coming between you and God? And then, can you let it go? If so, throw it on the trash heap to be burned. It may not be environmentally sound, but it's spiritually wholesome (laughs) throw it on that trash heap to be burned give it to the marabou storks let them fight over it you don't need it anymore and if it's still with you and you feel like it's unhealthy for you but you can't let it go then ask god to help you release it pray for help in letting it go and ask us for help too we Live for those moments, they're precious to us. When you come to us and say, How can I feel freer to listen to God and follow God? We'll have that conversation with you anytime. And when it's gone, whatever it is that's dragging you down, distracting you, causing you to feel miserable and obsessed and not yourself. When it's gone you are going to feel different you'll feel a little more open a little more free a little more ready repentant in the very best sense of that word as you turn toward god and then just wait and see what God has in store for you because God has something in store for you all of this readiness work this preparation this taking out the trash is beautiful it's what I hold most dear about the whole season of Advent preparing for the coming of Christ and anticipating what God will do as we make room. Amen.